0: heart is heavy today because of the nature of this message if you have your Bibles I want you to turn with me to the gospel of Matthew chapter number 26 verses 36 through 46 a rather lengthy reading every verse so full of God's grace Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 through 46. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane and saith to his disciples. See, most people wouldn't talk to him. So, most of the conversation that Christ had many times was to his disciples. They listened to what he had to say and they would respond by talking with him. And he's gathering them together here for this occasion. And he said, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which were James and John, began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face, And prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep. And said unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith to them, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. I want to speak from a text found in verse number 39, where the scripture begins that verse by saying, And he went a little farther. He went a little farther. You find in verse number 39 that statement and then you find in verse number 42 that not only did he go one time to pray but he went three different times to pray. And he prayed the same prayer, Father if it be thy will let this cup pass from me. The disciples were catching up on their sleep and on their rest while the Savior was perfecting grace for them. The disciples preferred sleep and rest than going further with him. Perhaps no other words in all the Bible better characterize the life of Jesus Christ as he lived on this earth than the words he went a little farther. Men today seek for a religion that is convenient, a religion that is comfortable, and especially a religion that is costless. Our Lord was quite the opposite. He was never satisfied with the normal or the average or just enough. He always went beyond the call of duty. Jesus Christ always went a little further, a little further. He went a little farther after the lost. On one occasion when Jesus and his disciples were approaching Samaria, the disciples said, Lord, command fire come down from heaven and burn them all up. But isn't it strange? Jesus went a little farther. He went down in the city and talked with a woman by the well that she might know what it means to drink from the water of the well that would never go dry. He went a little farther when he prayed. The Pharisees prayed at appointed times, but our Lord prayed all night. All night. He went a little farther. He went a little further in serving. The disciples served by making ready for the Passover. Yet it was our Lord who stooped down and washed their feet. He went a little farther. He went a little farther in loving. The Pharisees brought into his presence one day a woman taken in the very act of adultery and immediately... They exercised their zeal as lawyers and said, "Moses and the law said, "Shall to be stoned. What do you say? And Christ spoke these words to her, "Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more." He went a little farther. He taught going a little farther in the Sermon on the Mount. There is a passage in that same book of Matthew. Chapter 5, verses 38 through 44. Have you read this passage lately? Listen to it. You've heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have your cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, And from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You've heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's tough preaching. He said, turn the other cheek. (laughs) He said, let him have your cloak also. He said, go with him two miles. He said, love your enemies. Christ always went a little further, a little further. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse number 13, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Yet our Lord went further than this, in that he laid down his life for his enemies. He went a little further. And I am persuaded, if we go with him, we too will go a little farther. As it cost him to go farther, it will also cost us to go with him farther. Dan Cozart, are you willing to pay that price? And whoever you are today, and whoever's wearing your nose today, Are you willing to pay that price? To don't care what people say about you You want to go further with the Lord To go further with him Going a little further means to go alone In Matthew chapter 26 verse number 39 From which we get our text He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Christ told his disciples to wait at the entrance of the garden. And yet he took with him Peter, James, and John into the garden alone with him. He left them there and he went alone a little farther. While he prayed, while he prayed, they slept. And he was all alone. Going a little further is to go alone. I believe we will be alone if we go with him we have so commercialized things and even changed the dictionary of the meaning of terms anymore. It is so stupid and so superficial that we think all we have to do is build a great big building, call a church and put a great big staple on it and and get some folks to come in and everything just gonna be fine. It is when we are alone that we begin to realize and understand some of the humility and some of the some of the, the the feeling that Christ must have had as he prayed, knowing that those for whom he was praying were sleeping while he prayed alone. I'm convinced that the closer our Lord got to Calvary. The smaller the crowds became. Read the earlier chapters of Matthew, chapter five and six and seven, the sermon on the mount, where they came in from the eat and they didn't have enough chairs for everybody. They had to sit on the side of the mountain. But when he got to Calvary, all of his disciples headed for the hills, and that behavior has not changed. Only a few are going to heaven. Can you reconcile that? Christ was teaching that very thing. In Matthew chapter 7 verse number 14. Straight is the gate that leads unto life. But few there be that find it. Some of my brothers. And it's all right for us to differ and have different opinions. As far as Kena once said. You can't help it if you're wrong. That there are going to be fewer people in heaven than there are in hell. That hell's going to be more populated than heaven. Only few there be that find it. And only a few out of that few are really walking with him, going a little further. Take all the church members and let's don't fuss at other churches right now. We do that plenty of other times. Let's talk about Grace Church here in Tyler. Take all of our church members. Take all of them and weed out, number one, those who profess but don't possess. And weed out those who seldom come to church. Can't really rely on them because they're seldom here. And weed out those who neglect prayer and Bible study and those that have no interest in the salvation of the lost and even those who never give a dime to missions and the salvation of lost souls. There'll be a few left. Sometimes you people have fulfilled prophecy and you come to me and say, Brother Cozart, why are there so few? That's a reason. That's a reason. I find that those who are holding to God's sovereignty and free grace are always in the minority. Most of the churches that I have ever preached in, and I've preached in a few that were large, uh, well, when I started preaching, and some of them got up and left, and I understood that. But most of the churches I've ever preached in are small churches that believe that God Almighty is sovereign, and that Christ saves only by his grace at his own given time, and it is Christ that prepares the sinner to come to himself. Small churches. As a matter of fact, I have a message I preached on. Why are sovereign grace churches so small? There's reason for that. Because the closer you get to Calvary, the less the world's entertained by it. A nonconformist always goes alone. Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, don't be like the world. Don't let the world pour you into its mold and fashion you and lead you around. Don't do that. That's what the Bible says. It's what the scripture says. Enoch walked with God and was not for God. God took him. Enoch, and I've added these two words, Enoch plus none walked with God. He didn't take a whole bunch up. He took one man. Isn't that amazing? Out of the world's population, he he took one man because that one man walked with God. I'm saying this, that dear friends, if you're looking for a crowd, you cannot always Subscribe to the crowd and their mannerisms and their habits and their desires. You're going to have to take a stand. And when you begin to take a stand, you don't have to quit people, they'll quit you. Going a little farther is beginning to bleed. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, speaking of Christ and being in agony. Get that. That word agony means struggle. Christ was having a struggle within himself. Not as to whether he would do the Father's will. That's not the struggling. The struggling is that who he was and he was facing Satan for who he was. Being in agony, struggling, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, I turned to see what Mr. Gill had to say about that. And my dear friends, I got tired of reading. I mean, it was page after page that's given to that. By John Gill. And he really doesn't say a whole lot at the end than he said in the beginning. He began to bleed, as it were, drops of blood, sweat drops of blood. Hey, I've got one for you. Why was the Lord sweating? You turn over to John's gospel, and John tells us it was cold. Have you ever recognized that before? They in Gethsemane, get the night that Christ prayed. It was cold. How do you know that it was cold? Because after they arrested him, they took him down to Pilate's court, and it was so cold down there, they had to build a fire out in front. You say, well, how do you know that? Because that's where Simon Peter was standing when he denied the Lord. is cold. A bloody sweat. Preacher, what do you think? I believe it was a bloody sweat. And I believe that when Christ was praying this particular prayer in the presence of Satan himself, That the anxiety of it, that the burden of it, that the pressure of it was so great that his pores opened up and literal drops of blood proceeded. Now, as what I believe, when we go farther, we too will begin to face struggle blood. It's the people that don't stand for anything that have the most friends. You say, well, i got a lot of friends. You'd be surprised how few you have. I mean, really have. When you disagree with them and say, you know what, I don't believe that junk you believe. They'll drop you like a rotten potato. we too, when we go further, we'll begin to face struggle and blood. John the Baptist did. He lost his head because he took a stand on marriage and adultery. You're welcome. You say, Brother Cozart, I don't like you. I don't like you either. But we're here. Stephen preaching the word of God so greatly they began to throw stones to him and as the stones hit him he began to bleed all over but he saw Christ standing at the Father's right hand. The farther you go, the stronger the temptations. The farther you go with Christ, the stronger the temptations. Satan is out to get the strongest forts. That's why he attacked Job so clearly in that book. The farther you go, the more severe the criticisms. The farther you go with Christ, the more you're going to be criticized for it. The farther you go, the greater the cost. It's going to cost you something. I never will forget, and I'm, not, I'm withholding his name. Dear brother, dear brother. When he came to the place of embracing the doctrines of grace, his wife and his three children walked out on him and said, we never want to be around you anymore, and we never want to hear you preach anymore. It cost him. Going a little farther is to learn God's will. He said, Well, I just really don't know what God's will is for my life. Maybe you haven't gone as far as he's been going lately. Jesus Christ had sought God's will once, twice, and three times in succession. You know a little verse in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 says, He learned obedience. Boy, that's a difficult one, isn't it? He learned. How could the creator of the universe learn anything? And yet Christ as a human being learned obedience through the things which he suffered. When we go a little farther, we too shall find God's will. There's no such thing as God's will on demand. Sometimes it takes years and much growth and struggle to remove the debris of our human depravity, to realize what it means to know what God wants me to do and where God wants me to be. When we go a little further with him, we find the will of God. Going a little farther is finding God's help. <laughs> Thankful Lord for that. In Luke 22, verse 43, there appeared unto him an angel from heaven to strengthen him. I try to visualize what that must have been like. Now, over in this corner were the disciples, and they were snoring so loudly it was a disruption in the Garden of Gethsemane, and yet over in this corner, all of a sudden, an angel comes down to strengthen Christ as he prayed. There appeared unto him an angel from heaven to strengthen him. I believe in angelology. I believe in the study of angels. I believe the Bible is filled with angels. I believe, my dear friends, there are more angels than there are people. Hundreds of thousands of millions. I believe they outnumber the stars. They're everywhere, and God sends them where he wants them to go why he wants them to go, and what to do when they get there. And one of their chores is to supply help to God's people who are going a little bit further with Christ. When we go farther, we too shall find the help of God. We don't sing this. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Got any rivers that seem uncrossable? Got any mountains you cannot Tunnel through. God specializes in things that seem impossible. He knows a thousand ways to make a way for you. First Corinthians ten thirteen. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. How many times have I reached my limit as a preacher? Brother Gene has been preaching long enough now. And I have been preaching long enough now to know that in preaching and in teaching God's Word, there are many, many disappointments and heartaches. And some of those things I cannot even share with my wife. I could, but I don't. It gets awfully lonely, it gets terribly lonely. But it's amazing how much we learn brother In those moments of loneliness That I will never leave thee nor forsake thee Going a little further we'll be ready to die That's a bite isn't it (laughs) Going a little further we'll be ready to die In that same Matthew chapter number 26 verses 45 and 46 Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them Sleep on now and take your rest Behold the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners Rise, let us be going Behold he is at hand that doth betray me Christ rose from the ground ready to march to the cross. He did not go to that cross because he had to. He went to that cross because he wanted to. And he knew that was the supreme purpose and reason why he came into this world as a tiny babe to grow up one day to be the sacrifice to take away our sins. When we go farther, we too will be ready to die. There is a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.8 and Philippians 1.23. Now pay attention. In 2 Corinthians 5.8, we're confident, Paul is speaking. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body... And to be present with the Lord. Willing to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. He also said in Philippians one i I'm in a strait." Have you ever been there before? Two good things and you didn't know what you wanted to do and you couldn't do them both. I'm in a strait between two having a desire to depart. Did you understand what he just said? Paul said there's sometimes I just i am like going to heaven. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. I believe the farther we go with Him, we come to a place where glory looks a whole lot better than we ever have seen it before. Paul faced many hardships when he decided to go a little further with Christ, let me share one experience that he had and what he said about it. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, Paul faced many handicaps when he decided to go a little further. When did he decide to go a little further on the road to Damascus? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? I want to be where you are. I want to preach what you want me to preach. I want to be your servant. He went a little further with Christ. He faced a lot of hardships from that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23, down through verse, a few verses later, the Bible says in verse number 23, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure... In prisons more frequent, in deaths, plural, often, of the Jews. Now, folk, listen to this. Paul's speaking, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes save one. That's because the Roman government made an edict that you could only beat a man 39 times. And Paul said, I've been whipped and beat 40 times, or rather many times, five times of 40 stripes, save one, that's lots of stripes, isn't it? I never had anybody beat me because of what I preached. Thrice was I beaten with rods. I've never been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, I've never been stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Hmm. I'll insert this had not planned on it but I believe God will be honored in it many times in the Pauline epistles and when you're speaking about the Pauline epistles he wrote most of the epistles in the New Testament you recognize that to the churches and in some of those epistles not all of them but in some of those epistles he started talking about And using proper names. Bless Henry over here, and bless Sam over there, and tell Jerry, boy, I really do miss him. Why was he saying that? Because they were true to what he preached. He didn't pray for everybody in the church, he prayed for those whom God had touched their hearts and their ears and their lives. And listen to what he had to say. And many of them died because of it. They were not all like. Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world. He didn't have a whole lot to say about Brother Demas, did he? And what I'm saying unto you, that Paul faced many, many things. In finishing up that little dissertation, he says in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul said, I tell you what, I was beaten with us 39 times, five different times, but that was nothing to the burden I had For the care of the churches. Paul loved the church. And I tell you if you are a believer in Christ Jesus. You will love the church also. Yes you will. And you'll not like to be around people who speak lightly of the church. Don't go to church. Sleep in this morning. Those things are foreign to the ear of him who goes a little further. With Christ. Paul spent his converted life going a little further with Christ. He preached many sermons, started many churches. He faced much persecution, opposition, and finally came to the place one day, five seconds before he died by having his head cut off. He said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith and I've finished my course. I am now ready. Ha, 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 I'm now ready to be offered. Every believer under the sound of my voice today, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, maybe there have been times when we slept and we should have stayed awake and we should have moved out with the Lord and did what he wanted us to do to begin with, but we'd rather have our own will and our own way and do our own thing. May he enable us by his grace to begin going a little further with him, with him. Let's stand please for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we want to thank you for salvation by grace, by your grace. And we thank you for faith in you, faith that was given to us by you for the purpose that we would respond to you in faith and in belief and in repentance. And Heavenly Father, sadly to say that there have been times when we've gotten cold and indifferent and like Peter and the rest of the disciples, while you were out praying, we were asleep And while the church needed attention, we had other things we had to do. Heavenly Father, cleanse us of our sins. We pray for a cleansing of our fellowship with you. We know that we have a fixed relationship with you in Jesus Christ. We are the children of God by faith in you. But Lord, our fellowship can be broken and is broken so many times because we always want to have our own will and way. and We are asleep when you're praying. Father, if there are those here today who've never been saved, may it please you to quicken their hearts, O God, and help them to understand the gospel and look to Christ for salvation. And for those of us who do claim to be Christians and who profess to be saved by the grace of God, help us to live like it, Lord. And help us to remember our main goal is to stay with you and be where you are and do what you'd have us to do and go a little further. May there be somebody here today, Lord, that'll commit to that very thing. I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to be a better Christian. For we ask these things in Christ's name and for his blessing's sake we pray. Amen always like to.